All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I hate to break the fishing news up here, Amchuk, but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey. Congratulations. You're one of the 13 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. We just traded a migraine in for, like, an orgasm. Might want to mark that down. Yep. All of my projects are on schedule until they're not. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. About as funny as we're going to get today. Welcome in. Episode 177 of the Real Life Podcast. I'm Tyler Uremchuk. The gang is all here via FaceTime, Bagged Milk, Wanye, Chalmers, and Jay. And before we started recording, Chalmers got a quick look at the shirt Jay is wearing. And uh, I think that's where we're going to start here. Jay, explain. Wow. Oh, well, one of our 12 listeners, good friend of the show. <laughs> Couldn't even Surveyor. get it in color, right? Surveyor <laughs> Brett, <laughs> well, Like, the bucket was supposed to be a color. Well, to be fair, he submitted, he black submitted, and white. He fair. submitted the colors, and it, it got flagged for trademark infringement. So he had to scramble quickly so he can get a sh- and change the design so it could get through and get here in time. So, Survey and Brett and I had a uh, interesting <laughs> social distancing uh, shirt Four drop feet. off on Friday. Um, interesting the fact of he had it in a bag, he placed it on the ground. I then went and picked up the bag. And then we had a conversation from about 15 feet apart. But, uh, yeah, we'll have to post this on social media. But uh, Chumgate lives now on a T-shirt. So just to, just for everybody, obviously, the top says Chalmers cheated. And then we got a bucket there. And the then Chum the, bucket. Yep. And then the Chumgate hash, or, yeah, Chumgate hashtag at the bottom. Correct. Chalmers. Chalmers thoughts? Chalmers, how do you feel about this? You're immortalized in a t-shirt. Like, I don't know, Ricky Martin or the Pope. 
Chalmers. Please take it back. Chalmers, you there? He's speechless. Man, he seems to have left. This shook him to his foundation. There he is. He just popped back up like a goddamn (laughs) whack-a-ball. Are you on mute, Chalmers? Chalmers, Chalmers, I think you muted us. You fool. He's not even moving his mouth. Oh, yeah, I think he's... He's doing this on purpose. Oh, I know he's sure. Oh, he's fucking slow playing us. Oh, no. We just lost. I actually think his internet sucked. Oh. He's either, he's either a genius or an idiot. <laughs> he's been rocked he to the core. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there we the go. The foundation at the Castle Chalmers has been shaken. Yeah. What the hell happened there? What happened to you? You got fucking straight t-shirt. You slow and You're speechless. <laughs> We asked for a reaction. You just stared blankly into the into the camera. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I straight up guarantee, like, because when you guys all went to, like, exclamation marks. Anyways, I was starting. I was saying that I have, like, three things that I'd like to say about the shirt after seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> First thing is, what kind of a trademark, uh, what kind of a trademark is that? What's going on with that? Yeah, well said. It's a bucket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know at all. Um, so well, you saw the original design because uh, he posts on social media and it's landed in our group chat. Uh, so that design got flagged as trademark infringement because I think the the bucket photo was uh, flagged. So he made a very vanilla generic bucket just to get it through because we're on a timeline. And so but he just, just so he just made one. He made two. He's got one. <laughs> oh my god! It's a movement. Does he, does he want me to sign and for him? And soon, thousands will have this shirt. Oh my god! You guys are such nerds. Chalmers, it would be an honor if you signed this shirt. Yeah, we'll we'll set, we'll mail it to you. Chalmers, yeah, are you going to get me? a rebuttal shirt? Are you going to get something else made? Oh, like what though? Like what uh, do I get now? Well, I think that's kind of this whole Chumgate thing in a nutshell. Then, <laughs> yeah, I know. You should, get a chum, you should get a chum bucket made. Get a chum bucket. Yeah, Chalmers. Yeah, yeah. Chalmers For all your branded Vigoros. <laughs> yeah, chum bucket. Yes. Yeah, you're, you're the Chalmers new brand. Babe Winkleman, but of chum. Oh, there's a new Babe Winkleman? I don't know. Oh, well, I don't, know actually, I, I don't know. I don't know if Babe Winkleman's still with us. Is he a You probably would know who he was. player from 1906? He had a weekend fishing show. That I used to watch because I love fishing, really? and it was on like CBS, and it was like Saturday mornings. Babe Winkleman, Jesus check Christ. him out. He kind of, from recollection, he kind of looked like Ted DiBiase, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the guy made it rain fish. Chalmers, just to like off the top of my head, you've won this tournament a few times, have you not? Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe the shirt for you is just something with your championships on the front of it. Just a couple. That's trophies. a big flex. That's just a big flex. A couple trophies. Uh, yeah, but it's got to incorporate old, the old surveyor over there. This guy's going to great lengths to try to make uh, try to be a part of my life. Yeah, I like it. That's what I love. So it. I'm trying to figure out something to do with him. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know him that well, so it's like hard to do anything like playfully fun with the guy if I don't really. Maybe I make don't this really know him. like a sting operation. Slowly, you know, kiss up to him well, a bit, become his best friend, infiltrate his family, and then get some serious dirt. <laughs> get Got to play the long game. Yeah. Well, you know he's a surveyor, so maybe there's some surveying jokes. He's also a referee. He's also a ref. He's also a ref. Everyone knows that. Those are pretty easy things to make fun of. Like almost like 
cherry picking. Like I don't. Yeah. I'd like to be a little bit more. Um, you want to go deeper? Well, he's been yeah, asking, a little deeper. He's been asking for a while to come on the podcast, and I, and I keep meaning to eventually schedule him in. So maybe this is a good time to. <laughs> To bring Brett on for an episode. You guys really aren't helping. Like, you're just feeding his fuel and his fire to want to get more stuff made and keep this Chumgate thing alive. If he came on, dropped a hot verse, and then was immediately forced not to talk anymore, and Chalmers wasn't allowed to make a rebuttal, but you got really mad, that'd be funny. (laughs) 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 Just comes on, tells you off, you can't say shit. I'll mute Chalmers' mic. Before we uh, keep rolling on the podcast, need to obviously give some love to our title sponsor, Japa Machinery Group, a certified Cummins dealer. They offer full parts and services for Cummins products. And uh, if you want to check them out, if now's a good time for you to, uh, you know, some filters, Wabasto heaters, Cummins parts, uh, you can shoot the, if, if you like calling, if you're old school, you don't like the internet, 780-962-5272, or you can, you know, get with the 20th century and visit them online at Japa Machinery dot com Wanye you said uh, you know people like when you get into the business stuff on this podcast and you had uh, some news about Little Brick maybe well, yeah. so, who, who the hell is making all this noise it you sounds Chalmers? like somebody is just like really passionately grunting it sounds right like Chalmers, you know, Chalmers. It sounds I like got ripped last week for my sound quality uh, I can't I gotta pull it up um, a nice listener ripped me for me not being committed to the show and making a, a, a crazy muck of a mess of sound so I took it personally. I've set aside time. I even bought ear pods to hopefully help with my audio because I'm committed to this. Your audio is great so, now. Well, that's well. I'm happy to hear that. So are you guys I, claiming that I was just doing something to make noise? Oh, it sounds yeah, like you were wearing a ski suit and you had a microphone an inch away from your. Your microphone is 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 um bouncing off your zipper and you're grunting and you're breathing heavy. I thought it sounds you were, like you're trying to lift a house. Yeah. I was <laughs> breathing I heavy is a bit of a stretch, Chalmers. You weren't after, breathing heavy. After you were seeing breathing. that shirt, I got mad, and then I went out to the punching bag in the garage, and I was just giving it a couple <laughs> rounds. Hey, fair enough. And since Survivor, and since or Survivor, I always call him Survivor. The Surveyor Brett likes to post every two seconds a picture of his face on another rep's body. I've got plenty to uh, <laughs> to print out and put his face on that punching bag. Excellent. I need to. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to be doing that. Shit, especially good. after I give Jay shit for doing it. <laughs> if you're being made into a t-shirt, Traumers, you have to clap back. You can't let your troll haters and your beefs and your frenemies get together and gang up on you. You have to hit back. <laughs> I will. Yeah, you gotta I will. show the internet who's gonna, in charge. I'm not going to show the internet. Cause I, okay, yes. Good. Home Depot was your victim last week. Chalmers, I went to Home Depot, and all I wanted to do was get one thing. I'm the guy you hate, right? Yeah. And I wheeled up, and I saw what you saw. No, but you're not. You, you, okay, but you're not the guy I hate because you're entitled to get the one thing. And I'm all for people going and do, and bettering their houses and getting their stuff. I just think that people like myself should have a separate entrance where I can just walk right in. That was it. I think a lot of people missed my point. Some guy sent me a picture of like pro uh, contractor parking stalls. And I was like, yeah, those have been there for 10 years. They're great. They're because like when we have to wheel out big, big like orders of stuff, we need our cars to be close. That was the bare minimum. But anyways, I'm sorry. We're getting in the middle of your guys' fun business talk about little bricks. 
Oh yeah, it's so fun, hey? Yeah, it's so fun. Oh my god, it's so fun. Hey, No, I don't know, was it? Will we kill all our customers with the killer flu? I don't know, maybe it's all fake, the Chinese invented it. Can, Can somebody explain to me what murder hornets are? I don't know what this is, but I've seen it twice today already. So that's an actual term, because when I heard about that yesterday, I was like, this is fake, and then I went into it. And Did you guys is... not see those in Asia? No, I've never heard oh, of this. I don't think so. Man, they are gnarly. They are huge. They're the size of, like, if you hold out your pinky, probably, it's the bulk of one of those. I've wow. probably hands, but wow. And they murder by oh, owl. Geez. By, Weird by... flex, but okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> No, okay, they're not, John Ham. They're not <laughs> murder hornets because they are like killer, like can kill humans, right? They're murder hornets they because they actually can kill humans. Can they? Yeah, I thought it's just because they wipe out wipe out bee colonies. Well, yeah, they rip. That's bees my heads real off. concern. As as Bag Milk uh, can attest, is we love the bees, and that's the threat I'm worried about the most. You guys do love the bees, but my dad is amazing. My dad is a, Listen, dad is a uh, beekeeper. The likelihood. A murder hornet affects any of us in our life is near zero. They're in Washington State, man, and they're in Victoria, I think. Yeah, there's a couple in BC, I heard. Well, we'll be fine. Don't worry, gang. I have traumatized memories because of murder hornets. They're massive. They're no joke. When I was in Asia, you would just kind of see them cruising around, and I remember being freaked out by the size of them. That's what she said. Amen. Big hand. Sign up for my OnlyFans. Little hornet. (laughs) We were having a meeting today about Little Brick, and it went long, and that's why the podcast started late. And I said to Jay, on the, in the meeting, to annoy the hell out of the person we were meeting with, I, I started talking about the podcast and said, normally after a meeting, we would have a phone call to debrief what we just talked about. We should have a sanitized version of that meeting on the podcast. Sometimes people DM me, and they say, Wanye, talk about business stuff. And I say, no, go to Bag Milk's OnlyFans. That's, that's the right. business you need to be in. The I'm trying to pay my mortgage here. Yeah, the business of bag milk. <laughs> Having so said that, it was yeah. a very strange meeting. <laughs> Why? What the hell's going on? I want to hear this. Jay, you want to lead it off? Well, I guess it's weird because like of the subject matter and the stuff that we're talking about, and like talking about not wanting to kill our customers and affect the population. Like it was like a you know something that like you watch out of like you know a NORAD planning meeting in a movie. <laughs> like uh, so, it was like really bizarre of like. Okay, well, what's our priority? Protecting our staff and our customers and not being like uh, a point where when everything reopens, which might be a little hasteful um, in terms of timing because, you know, it's it's still around us uh, of like, what can we do to try to mitigate that? When should we open again? What does Little Brick look like when we do reopen in terms of like, how are we going to, what are we offering? How are we going to offer it? Uh, where people are allowed to be and where they can't, um, and just like, you know, all the elements around around that, and like pivoting also of like what else, what other businesses can we, or what other lines of business can we plug into Little Brick in a in a social distance pandemic environment? It's okay. super weird to look at an environment where you're like, okay, everybody who comes through the door could potentially be ill, mm-hmm. right? And our number one responsibility, like Jay said, is to our staff. Our staff are going to work. They can't be expected to, um, you know, be put at risk, right? Our customers, there's a difference between allowing them to come into the cafe, for example, or just doing online delivery of a menu. So 
if you were working in a restaurant that had just online delivery right now, you'd have very little risk of getting ill at work because you're not coming in contact with hundreds and hundreds of customers physically. Right? Right, right. So we're trying to work through like, okay, what do we internally like? Do, do we trust the government? Yes, we determine this. We trust the government. The government is acting in the best interests of us, but we don't know what the effects of opening this up are going to be for like another two to three weeks, right? Because mm-hmm. if we if people start clanging around and coughing on each other and whatnot, it's going to take a couple of weeks to hit the hit the hospital. Mm-hmm. So we're like, should we wait? And then what would we need to see happen before we feel like we should open? And then when you do open, in what capacity do you open? Do you allow customers in? Are you looking just for businesses that can operate out of Little Brick? Or are you going to want customers still coming in and sitting down? How many are allowed to sit down? Like, it's very bizarre. So without getting too specific, obviously, uh, you know, Little Brick is, attracts all kinds of clientele. What kind of ideas are you, were you guys throwing around in terms of what that might look like? Like, are, like, are we talking about making some kind of window where you can just kind of hand stuff people through the window, like a food truck, but an old brick style or what, what were you guys talking about? Ooh. The yeah. ever popular brick truck. The That's brick right. truck. Brinks truck. Mm-hmm. No, I think he means like a food truck with like a brick facade. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously you walk up to a food truck, you get your food and then you go peace out wherever. Whereas little brick is a static building. That's not moving. Have, have you, did you guys talk about something kind of like that where you just pick up your shit at the door? Jay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, oh. for sure. Go ahead. Jay. Oh yeah. So we talked about either using the existing counter in the cafe and only letting one person into order. Or bringing the whole order and like baking um, storage or tray like that, that we have all our fresh bacon that we have for sale, bring it outside into a tent um, and then serving out of, the, out of the tent and then having someone just inside making food and making coffees and then trying to like uh, limit uh, entry into the building just because uh, a point that Wanya brought up is if we are letting hundreds of people in well hopefully hundreds because we don't know what the new world looks like but uh people in and out that that's creating um that that, that also could be uh, i guess a contact point meaning we'd have to like disinfect the whole room every day as a closing duty and like have to be very thorough so like also wanted to limit those elements in case you know something got missed uh so just like so yeah so we're thinking maybe of bringing everything outside running our kitchen like making uh like a, a different menu that, that, that's got the barbecue component where we just, it's all done outside. Uh, and also like having like a small sandwich and baking offering that to go and package to go to limit the amount of, uh, of, of touch points on that. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's kind of an evolving conversation. And then it's also the timing of this. Like we might be allowed to open this in two weeks, but is that, What a fascinating time for Jay's mic. I can keep going. To I can keep going. Out. I'll step uh, in. I know all. I pieced out there. Go ahead, Wanya. Oh, I was just going to say, like Jay and I on this meeting is funny because every time we try and think of an idea, we talk it out. And we always end with, what's the biggest version of this we think we can do, right? So it's like, we should have a party. Yeah, we should have like 100 people come. We should have Ricky Martin come. Wow, we should invite Chalmers. Like it goes on and on, right? Oh, thank and, you. And this, yeah, no problem, buddy. You love it. You can bring your Ricky Martin shirt. And then 
in this instance, it's like, oh, shit, we should sell ice cream. Oh, we should do this. Yeah, that'll be awesome. All these people will show up. Oh, fuck, we don't want that, right? Like, <laughs> I literally was there working on the weekend, getting the yard cleaned up and shit, and, like, thinking about it filled with people made me cringe. Like, that is really? the opposite. Well, for sure, man. This is the opposite of what you want. The opposite of your duty as a citizen, as a business owner, is to the public good and the public health, right? And, like, we can't knowingly create a hotspot. That's not smart. So you're trying to walk the line of keeping the pub, like keeping the public healthy, but also keeping your business healthy, I guess. And I, I'm sure that's not a challenge that is, or obviously it's not a challenge that's unique to you, but a ton of businesses are facing that. Well, it's upside down, right? I mean, how on earth do you ever have a business designed for zero revenue, right? Well, and also, how, when have you ever, I mean, you guys have had businesses for, you know, your whole lives, really. Like, when have you ever, <laughs> when have you ever thought, well, shit, I hope too many people don't show up to this thing I've got. Well, lots of times. Back in the day, when we couldn't keep the bar safe and all gangsters would show up. <laughs> if I saw more than six people in the bar I didn't know, I'd be like, oh, shit, it's about to go down. <laughs> Remember those days, Jay? Oh, yeah. oh, God. People show up, you're like, who the fuck is that? This guy's probably going to want to shoot me later. <laughs> yeah, that was not fun. I think I'm- that like it's very strange because there's, in, for so many people right now, so many good business owners, so many good employees, so many good contractors, their business has been unplugged from the wall. And, like, it's not their fault, right? There's nothing you can do. And, like, with Little Brick, it's very bizarre because you're like, I can't continue a business doing $0 in revenue unless there's a much worse outcome, right? You could open and you could have a third of the business that you saw before and the amount of money that we lose currently to be completely shut could be less than what we would lose being open, right? Yeah. It's awesome to have Jay be the CEO, president of Oodle Noodle, and also consulting on his hipster cafe that he works in. Because I'm like, what do you see out in the world, Jay? And he's like, well, here's what we're seeing for sale. Here's what we're doing for you know, uh, sanitation and cleanliness protocols. And like, Jay knows way, way more than the average person would by this point about all the government programs available, all this, all that, because he's already going through it all the time with the other business. So what is it like, JR? What are you, what are you, what are you seeing? What am I seeing in terms of what we're doing? In terms of, in terms of not only what you're doing, but like, let's just say, let's just say the Oodle Noodle, for instance, like our people are, are like, obviously our delivery sales way up. Delivery sales uh, in the last four weeks have been climbing for us really nicely, um, and that that's great to a point. And you lost a hundred percent of in-store sales. Well, we're 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 working on that, right? This charitable initiative we're doing is right. helping uh, drive sales in store because you know in-store sales are more uh, meaningful to our franchisees than delivery because yeah. delivery has more costs associated to it. So mm-hmm. sometimes you know being busy with delivery isn't the best thing, but you know, we're in a world right now where, you know, our government has taken some action. There's some there's some breaks that have come to uh, help a lot of businesses, especially in hospitality, in the sense of, you know, cutting the, the co- operational costs so that you can live in a, a, a like mainly delivery environment. So something will keep pushing and, and, and going there. So things like the wage subsidy are helping with that uh, because we can keep we can keep more staff on. We can keep our staff and, and, and schedule more staff to handle more delivery, uh, even though delivery is shitty, not as good for us economically. But with the wage subsidy, it now can make some sense. Um, mm-hmm. 
And so, you know, we're, we're, we're using all those programs. So like for us, that's kind of how we're trying to just, you know, mitigate and manage the storm. Cause right now it's just, it's not about getting ahead during this time. It's just about getting through this time is, is the mission for Oodle Noodle. So that's why we created the, uh, the, the, well, we were already doing a charity component, but we kind of doubled down on it with doing the, uh, percentage of sales because uh, we want to make sure that during this time it's about supporting your community that we unlock those opportunities so for us and there's a lot of other uh, brands in the hospitality and non-hospitality that have been adopting that model and you know it's keeping the lights on so uh, for us that's always been our mantra it's not about getting ahead it's about surviving and supporting what's interesting at Doodle Noodle is we can make food at a lower price point than you can buy it in the stores in many instances right so to do the meal donations from our factory, we can stretch our donation dollar a lot further by donating our own food. Yep, 100%. So that's, we do both. That's pretty sweet. And so a question, if you guys are working on protocols for us to when you can figure out how to open up little brick spaces, are those, is it basically like one in the same for Oodle Noodle or is it two totally different things? Uh, the two totally different things just because of the nature of the business, right? Like Little Brick is a destination. So you have to come down, drive in and walk into Little Brick. Or Oodle Noodle, you don't, like you, you can live in a, a contactless world because you can do delivery, you can call ahead, do curbside pickup, or, you know, we mandate because of the size of our stores, only four people are allowed in our <coughs> store at any given time. So uh, for us, we're not as reliant as people walking in uh, um, as, as Little Brick is, where Little Brick is solely walking in. So now the thing we're thinking about is like, hmm, what is a Little Brick, like what's, what's, what's the Little Brick version of delivery look like? And how do we like create a menu to support that? Because to Wanya's point, it's like every, all of our ideas are leading to try to bring hundreds of people to Little Brick, but then yeah. we have to stop when we get to that. Like, shit, we can't do that. Okay, well then... But we also need it to survive. So, like, how do we, what's the sweet spot here? How can we drive a set amount of people in and then maybe have another line of business uh, to help kind of get us to where we need to be revenue-wise uh, uh, to, you know, break even, pay our bills? Because, you know, when we look at Little Brick, you know, before the pandemic, we know it had to do a solid amount of sales to break even. And we can't we can't go into this uh, reopening thinking that that's got to be our sales target because it's too much. There's a lot of wicked little parks and like fields and stuff down in the river Valley. Yep. And like, you could like have like people have like a little picnic. I bring my family exactly. four down there. I come pick up a big picnic package from you, or I tell you where I am and what field and you come and bring it to me. Well, cause there's also the angle too, like nation HQ is a little brick and that's little bricks a hang as well. You'll see people sometimes that come in for a coffee and they're there for hours and hours just kind of enjoying the enjoying the building, enjoying each other, the company, all that. So there's it's definitely tricky. Yeah. So it's been uh yeah, we 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 thought we were gonna have a fifty minute call today, it went for an hour and a half. So uh, but you know what, we're taking a slow approach and you know, a lot of good ideas are coming, so we just have to figure out a, like how do we put like the how do we cap that? It's hard to figure out where we're going to land, right? Because yeah. like shutting businesses down and, and doing social distancing in the name of flattening the curve, you do it like in my mind, any cost to society, right? If it's like literally life or death, you're like, okay, well, we'll figure it all out on the back end, but we have to do this, right? With, yeah. each, with each passing week though, 
I know how the economic pressure people are feeling is increasing, particularly business owners, particularly people whose earnings have been impacted to a great degree. And to a large extent, their expenses are exactly the same, right? Mm -hmm. And the distance between figuring out a way to help people in month one versus month four versus month seven, people will exhaust their savings quickly if they aren't given large scale um, expense reduction, right? And so when you're looking at like our business, you know, our staff largely are in really good shape, right? They've been able to apply for this CERB. Some of the folks, they're making more money than they would if they were working full time, which is incredible, right? That's crazy. But fortunately, they're not in a dire financial situation where they need to go back. But at the same time, however you figure out what the new normal is the next month or two, it's probably going to be like that until we all have a vaccine, right? Yeah. And if that shit takes 18 to 24 months, if you you can't stay, well, some businesses could stay closed for 18 to 24 months. Some businesses, it doesn't make any sense to reopen them, right? And then there's some businesses that you can find a profitable business model. If if Little Brick was able to do like $600,000 a year in sales, strictly online delivery, right? It could do great, right? But do you pivot that far over? Is that what people are expecting from Little Brick? Does that make sense for the business? Or do you, you know, stay closed for a month and see what happens and try and figure out a plan? Because to me, if you reopen, if you reopen and shut again, this pumping of the brakes has a lot of cost to businesses. Oh, it's expensive to wind down. Right. The only good news about winding down is I get to take the beer home. Yeah, delicious. So I had some the a, other day. That was a nice post. Hold so if you did, okay, so hold on, wait, that, I just want to tell a funny story, John, real quick. Sure. So you can, yeah, yeah. Uh, this weekend I was doing yard work and I had six tall beers, Jack. That's a funny good, story. Good on you, man. <laughs> Do you think that's the whole story, Jomer? Like, I guess it's a funny, it had to be no, that it was, funny. That's called the setup for a story. That's called the, you know what? You know what? No, Jomer, clearly you want to say something. You oh, go don't. ahead. I don't even remember God what forbid. it was now. I don't even remember what it was now. It had to do with, uh, <laughs> no, now I want to know what happened with the six Catholics. Well, I I'll too do. had six tall boys. The highlight was there was a pressure washer and it was very difficult to get working. And as we were working on it, I got drunker and more rash. Eventually, it worked. You can set up you can set up a company and license everything and incorporate it faster than I believe that you could set up a pressure washer hooked up to the house <laughs> and get it to work. Well, it's funny because I was there with a buddy and he knew what he was doing. I didn't. And he's yeah. like, "Hey, here's what we need to do. We need to get such and such a wrench and blah blah blah, whatever." And so I call my brother-in-law and I'm like, hey, buddy, do you have a blah, 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 and a whatever the fuck? And he's like, who are you with? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, why do you even know those <laughs> words? I'm like, yeah. I know words. He's like, what are you trying to do? And I'm like, try to get a pressure washer going. He's like, you don't know what you're doing. I'm like, no. all right, fine. I'm with somebody who does. Do we have that shit or don't we? <laughs> I love it. But sitting there and imagining people there wasn't that hard of a stretch because it was such a beautiful day. Oh, this was the pressure washing of the building. Yeah. We're trying to so give did you old... pressure wash like the bottom 10 feet and the rest yeah. is just... Yeah. No, no. Like, of most of the dirt's like against like the, the ground line or whatever you'd call it. So we oh, pressure yeah. wash like all the sidewalks and then, yeah, the first 10 feet of the house. Looks good. She got a bath. The old girl got a bath, huh? The old girl got a bath and we were about to start doing destruction and like moving fences. Remember, Chalmers, we were talking about that? Oh, yeah. I didn't think we were going to be able to open till like August. So, like, I was on site there getting ready to start fucking shit up. Like, I love to do demo. I don't like construction. I love demo. 
But then, uh, thankfully, we pumped the brakes because next thing you know, we could reopen. So here's my here was my question that I was going to ask. How long before you open, the day you have to open, do you have to, like, start with the ordering of everything? And, like, in, in a place like Little Brick, let's just say you got to open up. So now you need to get your stock. Is that like a, I order it, I will get it within the week, and I can open? Yeah, within the week for food stuff. But we're, right now we had to, because we're thinking tentatively on early to mid-June reopening and we had to make some decisions on certain like because we're going to we're going to expand our offering um, and we always wanted to do this and I think this is just the catalyst to, to do it so we had to order some equipment today so today was an expensive phone call expand your offering uh, into more alcoholic beverages because that's what everybody's doing these days yeah exactly uh, <laughs> our egg benedict is just a bucket of jack daniels yeah, <laughs> yeah that's all right yeah <laughs> it's weird though think about that Thomas. like you know jade eyes is very little like we would keep a fucking starbucks open in a hurricane i don't care right like i will be the guy when the aliens land selling alien t-shirts and i don't care yeah but for, for us to come to our meeting today and be like we're not even gonna look at this till early june I know it's fucking serious. Yeah. It's a different speed. I don't want to put any, like our own health or whatever was one thing, but like putting a customer's health at risk for me is a decision that you can never even say like, maybe. Okay. No, I know it's scary. I don't even like in my job, I don't even have to think about that kind of stuff. So I guess a food, food handling can't be easy. It's a bizarre time to be alive. Yeah, yeah. What did you think about the uh, the aliens? Well, what the fuck is going on? Like, and why does hey, anybody? Kim Jong Il's almost dead. You wanna hey, you wanna hear someone? Real. Someone's ears are burning, Wanye. I got an email from CBC Radio asking mm-hmm. what our take is on the reopening of uh, of reopening Little Brick and kind of the province's approach to it. Oh my God! Please tell them to refer to this podcast. <laughs> Be like, we've already issued our statement. We've already issued our statements live. My other issue, CBC, is that you need to bring back Road to Avonlea. That was an amazing show. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! Jasper Dale was identifiable. I don't know what sure to think. Well, well sure Jay, what else? What else did we talk about in our in our? Uh, I think that I think that covers it for the most part. Uh, like without getting in like too like like detailed details, but like I think for the most part we talked about like we talked about a bunch of different things we want to do, and then realized like we're creating a circumstance of a bunch of people in a yard. So just mitigating all that, but you know, it's at least nice that we're talking about the reopening. Um, yeah. whether I'd be in two weeks, eight weeks, whatever, but it's just, you know, it's at least it's a positive note. And so little brick's going to look a little bit different, but we're still going to try to make it cool and awesome and, it is crazy. Uh, and safe oh, sorry. and safe. Yeah. And safe. It is crazy. Or MJ, you're asking earlier, have we seen shit like this before? Like to some extent, right? We, the 2004 hockey strike really fucked us over because we were opening up a sports bar together. And having no sports for a year was, in many ways, equivalent to this. Would you agree, Jay? Uh, well, sure. like the market didn't exist. No, no, the market. Yeah, didn't yeah, yeah, exist, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. the market yeah. didn't exist. Yeah. And no matter how delicious your chicken wings were or how cold your beer was, if there isn't an Oilers game to watch, people simply won't come up. Right. And so, like a Boston pizza during the hockey strike that doesn't have Oilers games getting banged out or a brew house or whoever 
where you have the expectation of going to watch sports, the room can be exactly the same. And because of a weird market condition, it's empty. Yeah. Right. And similarly now, like you could go to a Boston pizza right now. The chairs are the same. The food's the same. The beer's the same. The blah, 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 the same. They're not allowed to open. Right. And that's like a super weird market condition. But never have we seen anything hit everything at the same time like this. Yeah. While uh, while we're on the topic of business and beer and the Oilers or Oilers Nation, maybe uh, we had the exciting announcement last week on the Nation beer. Jay, is there any new updates or is it still kind of status quo? I'm just gonna wait for uh, Chalmers to keep ruffling through his uh, paperwork. <laughs> it's pretty Chalmers annoying. Loves his it's, paperwork. Jay, it's pretty annoying when someone's audio is just going crazy I while know. you're trying to talk. And eh? I'm sorry. I am sorry. I am sorry, and I'll never again. This is my payback. <laughs> I got a never job, again. man. I got shit sorry. to do. Update on, update on Nation Beer? Yes. Our friend, the batch has been made. They're just going through the testing phase to make sure that everything is exactly how it was last time, um, which is important. So they're, they're doing all that today. Hopefully uh, that goes well, and they can start canning tomorrow, I believe, if not latest Wednesday. And then if everything goes good, we could launch a pre-sale later this week. And then there's going to be a mass distribution over to Liquor Connect and into um, all of our liquor partners, especially uh, Real Canadian Liquor, which is 40 stores that already submitted a pre-order. So hopefully on Thursday, we're talking about, uh, you know, the launch of the pre-sale and delivery. And then also the fact that it's going to be pumped out to and landed in a bunch of stores later this week. So, uh, today's a big day uh, just to make sure that the batch came out the way they wanted it, um, and we go from there. And uh, if you're listening to this and you want to see if you can find it in a liquor store, go to Liquor Connect and search Nation Beer. It'll give you a happy little pop-up menu with all the places where you can grab it. Look at that. A helpful tip as well. Uh, moving along on our Monday edition of the Real Life Podcast, which as always is brought to you by the wonderful folks over at Jappa Machinery, who we love very much. I touched on it off the top, said they're a certified Cummins dealer, offer parts and service. They have everything you need as well. Their Twitter has a beautiful picture of an XE470U excavator heading out to a site. And as someone who is afraid to drive anything larger than his vehicle, it looks frightening, but it looks like it would get the job done as well. Um... On Mondays, we open it up to listener questions, and we get a lot. So I want to start just by saying, if your question hasn't been read throughout the last couple of weeks, I just I basically take them all from our Instagram DMs and our Twitter DMs, and I copy and paste them into a Word document, and then we roll through them. Um, but one that came in from Electronic Jordan a few weeks ago, which I thought would be fun, what is your earliest Oilers memory? It doesn't have to be the biggest memory. It doesn't have to be, you know... I don't know, them winning a Stanley Cup or anything. But what was your first ever Oilers memory? Uh, does, it, it, does anyone have it, like, on the top of their heads and they can go first while everyone else is thinking? Yeah, I got one. I got go one. I remember the playoff run in probably 1984 um, or 83. What? what? No, no, no. When we were, yeah, don't, no, I don't remember the hockey. I remember I was three or four years old, and I remember going over to my – my parents that was the year we went to friend's house to watch almost every game and i just remember like every second day going to our friend's house especially against boston for some reason so i think it was like in 84 85 i don't remember when we played boston that was the finals wasn't it boston 
God. In ninety, like, they beat Boston. I don't sure. remember that. I just remember being like, okay, this is like we 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 would sit. We'd had our hockey in the background, but like on a Tuesday night, we were going to friends' house, and there was people all over there, and everybody was like glued to the TV, and I just remember being like. Okay, this is some, something big's happening. Like this is much more intense than like regular hockey, and I got super into it. I would sit like a foot in front of the TV, and I just remember what I I just remember like getting so excited with my family and stuff, and that was like it. But I don't remember how the games went. I don't remember if we won or lost. I just remember that, and it was I was always against Boston because weirdly enough, I got like an appreciation for Boston. Boston was like my second favorite team at that time because of that series. They never played Boston know. in 84. Maybe not 84. Maybe it, was, it would have been later. It, it would have been later. 86, maybe. Yeah. Okay. I think I have a memory of that series, too, just watching it at home. Because didn't the lights go out in one of the games? Yes. It oh, yeah. did. Boston Garden? Like, and it was, like, super hot. They, they were losing their ice stack, and it was, like, steaming. Yeah. I just feel like, like, yeah, just, like, super young like just memorable because maybe like my dad's got mad or something and just created a, a memory. I'm trying to think. Chalmers, sorry, do you still oh, want to go on? Oh, it 88. No, well, 88 was the year that they the lights went out. But, yeah. You know, there was, and there was fog in there. Oh, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, yeah the ice got all weird. Lights go out during a brief moment in Bruins, Bruins game, 1988. Game four. And that would have been the game Edmonton won because they swept the Bruins in the final. They called yeah. the game, didn't they? No, I think they finished it. May twenty fourth. That would have no, been. No, no, they didn't. Or did they? There was one oh. they called and didn't finish. Maybe that was it. We're unqualified I, to run a totally oh, yeah. Oilers related podcast. Well, so well that was. I, I, I just remember the circumstance. I don't remember all the details around it because I was so young. But for me, I'm trying to. I was trying to go back. I was going through the Rolodex. Great question. I'm trying to go through the Rolodex here in my brain. I got Some it. Of it. So much of it is. Oh, go ahead. Um, so actually friend of mine, Steve Lansky, bigmouthsports.com. He has the game logs from like every NHL playoff game ever on this website. So on Tuesday, May 24th of the 1998 Stanley cup finals, the game was tied three, three in the, uh, in the second period. And they had to cancel the game because of a total power failure at the Boston gardens. Two days later, Thursday, May 26th, they would conclude the game with the Oilers scoring three unanswered goals. Oh, to win the cup. Wait a minute, did they did they pick it up? Yeah, how did, how did they pick it they up? They came back in like a second game, and it was goal o'clock. <laughs> did they? Well, hold up, because now no, I don't. I don't know if they did. I think they stopped it and reset it. I thought they came back and played it in another day because they couldn't get the arena. They had to let all the people out because there was no light. Yeah, so they, they canceled it on the 24th, and when they came back on the 26th, it is a like completely different box score and everything. So they redid the they oh. redid the whole game, which is fascinating. So we talk about uh, our first Oilers memories, and we all get a free history lesson in this. There you go. You're welcome. You're welcome. I was trying to think of one of mine, and, uh, well, that was one, but... Um, it's like me, like meeting players. Okay. It's like some like like getting a photo with Mark Messier in my I'm wearing my novice hockey jersey. And so like that would have mean I was young, but I'm trying to think. All I can think about because when you're a kid at a game, because I didn't go to many games as a kid, but I went to the odd one, and, and all I can remember vividly, it's not the hockey, it's the it's the popcorn 
and like the Northlands branded cup <laughs> that the popcorn came in is <laughs> and like the old Northlands logo. Like those are just the imagery and things that I remember uh, going to that and that. And also Peter Klima gave me a puck. That was game changing. Wow. Did anybody else think about it the first time they went to a game that there was no commentary and like that blew their mind? Like, holy smokes, there's just absolutely nobody telling me what's happening. I don't remember <laughs> my first Oilers game, so I don't remember having that thought. But that does seem like something my, like, five, six, seven-year-old brain would have been like, hmm. Yeah, it was odd. I was just like, it's so quiet in here. I remember that was the first thing I thought. It is so quiet in here. And you'd, and you'd see the old biddies wearing the the radio headphones. Yeah. And I'd be like, that is so smart. Yeah, true. <laughs> Bag milk, do you have an answer for it? I remember my first Oilers game was against the Red Wings. Uh, and I remember this was like early 90s when the Barnes were, when Rexall was pretty empty. So I remember getting tickets to go see the Red Wings and then moving down to the lower bowl because there was just nobody in there. But for me, the most vivid Oilers memory I have as a kid probably has to do with Carnival of Champions when they used to do that. Nice. I could think of... Uh, getting my picture taken with Doug Waite and he was just super nice. And I remember getting my picture taken with Marius Tchaikovsky. And then he gave me and my buddy Matt a tour of the press box and gave us uh, popcorn that was up there. And like, I remember shooting on Fred Brathwaite. There was just a bunch of cool moments as a kid walking around the floor at Rexall place and looking around being like, wow, this is super cool that they do this here. And it's a bummer that they don't do that anymore because I think like, having that ability to connect with players and meet players and take pictures and just have those experiences is something that a lot of kids are getting robbed of right now. It's not the same to stand in a lineup at West End being like, hi, Connor, can you sign this for me? Okay, yeah. bye, and then for team again. I think that's bang on. Bring Wa- back Carnival of Champions. Wanya, do you have a, do you have a first-ever Oilers memory? Yeah, I don't know nothing about no Oilers memories, but I just watched the murder hornet kill a mouse on the internet, and we are in big trouble. I need yeah, all you people. I need you all to stay in your houses if you weren't before. <laughs> I need you to super fucking stay in your houses now. You might want to get some sort of raid or airborne killing device and get ready because if these fuckers scale, it is on. Chalmers? No, they're in Vancouver. Yeah, they're terrifying. They're huge, man. Not only that, I don't know if you guys saw the, mon- uh, the video of the monkey riding in on a motorcycle and trying to steal a baby. Now, hold on. What is happening where? Hang on, I'm retweeting this bitch from my Twitter because oh, it is bananas. There's boy. a monkey. There's a monkey that rolls down an alley on some kind of little motorcycle and then oh, grabs a kid no. off the bench and starts dragging it away. The fucking animal is taking over, man. Starting? Why are they trying to eat the baby? Tell me they're not trying to eat the baby. Monkey on mini bike tries to snatch a toddler. Holy Jeez. fuck! Planet of the Apes too. I'm telling you, like, man. The, the animals are taking over in India. That means they're trying to eat the baby. Well, yeah, but like, not- how did it get a motorcycle? And how does it know how to operate it? There's a whole lot going on. There's in a lot video. of questions. This is there's staged. a lot going on. I don't know, man. I just retweeted it on my Twitter. I'm running bag the Twitter to look right now. It is bananas. I'm telling What's you, I've watched this video 9,000 times. That's the video. Oh, my God. That's the most aggressive monkey. It pulls the baby like 10 feet, 12 feet. I'm telling you, man. It is I'm bananas. Seeing promoted, I'm seeing a promoted tweet for Philly cream cheese. God damn it. Oh, my. <laughs> Are you? Okay, I'm sorry. Love Philly okay. cream cheese. Here we go. Here we go. I'm sorry, oh but God. nobody what does the anything. Fuck? Nobody See, that's what I'm saying. What is about going it. on? 
No. And then this old guy walks and points his finger at the monkey. And the that baby really? gets, gets up and walks off like nothing happened. That's no, not what I'm concerned. How did it okay. know how to ride no. a bike? No. Okay, here. This is it. I know what it is. That guy is pointing at another man down in the alley. The other man, if you see from the very beginning of the video, he, I guarantee he trained that monkey to ride that bike to steal babies so he could sell them in human trafficking. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. You guarantee? Allegedly, in your opinion. What? Watch no, no, Chalmers is always right about this sort of thing. Watch the very beginning of the video. Watch the very beginning of the video. The guy goes like this and points towards the, and, and he swings his arms towards where he wants the monkey to go. And the monkey goes, watch. And then you the monkey. at the top when, of the frame. When the monkey oh, retreats. Oh, when okay, the monkey, I see this. When the Chalmers, monkey re- how do you always do this? Are you Jason Bourne? Can I can break down the video like too? nothing. No, because they speak in Indian. This is terrifying that there are people out there training a monkey militia. That's all I know. Listen, here's what's going to happen. You try to step to me anytime soon. You're a giant wasp, a monkey on a motorcycle, any kind of fuckery. I'm going to have 10 Robocop Zumbas protecting me and mine shortly. Zumbas or Roombas? Oh, whichever one's the one that vacuums and not the exercise. The the Roombas then, yeah. That's um, what about the Roomba God. Zumba? Or the Roomba Zumba. The Roombas go to the gym and do Zumba. You got to go to Zumba if you're a Roomba. How good do we have it in life that we don't have to deal with babies trying to take us? You mean monkeys like trying to take babies? Or monkeys. Well, we don't Do you have a video of a baby trying happen. to kidnap someone? <laughs> oh my God. That is just incredible video. I was laughing so hard this weekend. I watched an early Dave Chappelle stand-up. And I'm not going to do his jokes because that's whack. But it's the one where he talks about he went to like the bad end of town in a limousine. And he saw a baby standing on the corner at 2 in the morning. Have you seen this? No. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh I my God. I was laughing so hard at that. He's funny. Yeah. Dave Chappelle's a master man. Even I, I just watched his Mark Twain award thing the other day, and it was just—it's—he's unbelievable. He's hilarious. Chain smoking for thirty years has lowered his voice by twelve octaves. Oh, no doubt. His and early he stand-up, he, he's like, "Hey, everybody," and I was like, hey, man, what do, what do? "And he got swole too. He got real big for a minute there. Yeah, he is oh, jacked. This monkey is frightening. Yeah. So, so I'm telling you, I'm onto your—I'm uh, onto the hornet in the mouth. Yeah, you see that shit. Uh, that thing is way too big. What That's the what she said, mostly to me. Thanks, guys. <laughs> it took Wanye all of, like, 45 minutes to go from, we never need to be worried about this thing, to, like, lock up society, this thing is coming. Ramshack, I'm telling one you. of these fuckers coming at you with your little chicken arms, how are you going to fight it off? You won't. You'll be like, you oh, can't. no, the Oilers had 18 power play goals last October, and that Hornet is going to sting you in the nutsack, boy. <laughs> I'm hearing the only way the only way Frank to keep murder agreed. hornets away is to play the real life podcast on repeat out of your phone's speaker. I think that's a rumor like, we should get going. That, Smart. You know what the worst part about this hornet is? It's not even killing that mouse because it wants to eat it. It's just killing it for like straight fun at this point. Do you have uh, an it, angle on this hornet not being real or something that'll make me feel better, Colin? No. That's are you reading the are you reading the TMZ article? About it? <laughs> yeah. That's what I was. <laughs> it, I like the part where it says to get stung by a murder uh, a murder hornet feels like hot thumbtacks being driven into your skin. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's why I wouldn't worry about this. Here's my thing. <laughs> okay. At any given moment in the world, there is so much shit you should be worried about, right? Like, if you knew how the world actually was and you got to see all the horror stories, the world is a terrifying place. So, like, are there murder hornets? Yes, indeedy do there are. (laughs) Is it something you need to worry about at this exact moment? 
It is not. This is why they're hitting us with the UFO shit right now, too, right? Because they know we're overwhelmed by news. I'm stunned, at how, many people, I'm stunned at how many people didn't know about that UFO thing. Like, I've brought it up to people. I'm like, man, that UFO video is pretty crazy. And they'll go, like, what are you talking about? And it's like, how are like, more people not found out about this? How do not, more people not care? This yeah. is basically the, this is the Pentagon saying, okay, for years and years, you guys didn't know. But here, we have these, and we don't know what they are. And we're the best at this. And they pretty much have to be aliens. And, and everybody's somehow, like, okay. Somehow the guy from Blink-182 did it? Yeah, man. I've been I've been a Blink fan since I'm like 10 years old. Well, like, and this Tom fucking guy's been on... Tom DeLonge has been on this shit for years. But when he years. went on Rogan, he was crazy. Oh, he's, well, I mean, fucking. You've got to be a little crazy. crazy to be the first to. And then all of a sudden, the Pentagon comes out and says, it's, yeah, it's true. And everybody just doesn't. They're just like, oh, well, whatever. <laughs> Who cares? All I know is that the government is sliding in these B plots that are just completely unnecessary right now. These murder hornets are two inches long. Yep. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, yeah, look, they at your, thick. look at your pinky. They're thick boys. That'll fuck you up. <laughs> thick boy. Shit. Um, so, no, but again, uh, again, 2020 is just awful. There are 800 foot long snakes, man. These shits <laughs> look like Ogopogo. Who cares? It's well, wait till they start roaming up the old North Saskatchewan. What the that fuck feels do like... I care? I will weaponize the riverboat and we'll be okay. <laughs> How is that riverboat? She's great. If you define great as fuck, which I do in May 2020. How you doing, Wanya? Great. So in the past week and a half, how much have you how much have you offered him? Nothing, man. I'm there. Thank Christ he owns it. He's a dedicated dude and he's fixing the boat. And yep. they're they got teams on site and they're doing riverboat repair work that hasn't been done been done in the Northwest Passage here in two hundred years. Okay, so you that that's the update? Yeah, he's doing great. Okay, I want to hear. I want to hear next week's riverboat yeah, update. Well, I think that the story ain't going to change on a week to week basis. It's going to take them a while to dry this old girl out and give it a wash and put, fix the hole in the hull. And Bring your power said. washer. Yeah, <laughs> my power washer <laughs> and six tollies. Yeah, tollies. Yeah. See, this is why it's good we didn't get the boat. Is because that guy has a team of engineers and all sorts of equipment. It took me and another dude twelve tollies and four hours to turn on a power washer. <laughs> what's uh what's next here i'm sure what's the next question well we probably good only, answers there probably only have time for one more because i asked you guys about your earliest oilers memory and it led to like nine minutes of murder hornets right. and monkeys stealing babies <laughs> um, tradition. But today, you gotta think about you gotta define oilers memory better <laughs> Uh, today's May the 4th, which is, you know, known as Star Wars Day for obvious reasons. Uh, so we want to know, what was the first movie series that you ever fell in love with? Something, you know, maybe as a kid you were just completely obsessed with. Um, Indiana so Jones. easy. So easy. Indiana yeah, Jones, Chalmers? Indiana yeah. Jones was mine. I even wanted to be, like, I wanted, I started buying, like, my. I got my parents to get me these, like, like old medieval books to like research old. Cause you know how in the show he's like, Oh, he's really fascinated with back like 1600 century Templars and like treasures and stuff. Oh man. Did I ever want to be somebody who found treasures? Yeah. I loved Indiana Jones. My, mine's easy. Kevin alone and Kevin from Kevin New York. <laughs> That's a what? joke. Our German friends will get. Uh, that was from my boy, Tim. That's what they call home alone in Germany. Kevin alone. Kevin alone. Those, like, those, those are your those are your 
Really? Home Alone, hey? First oh, ever? Of, did, well, did, it, just, did it inspire you to like set up booby traps and shit around your house? But it, it, I, you, you watched them a thousand times. Like that's the thing, right? Like something I obsessed about is like, I just watched it a thousand times. And then you would do like the, um, what was, what was the fa- the thing where he would scream and put his hands on his cheeks? Mm-hmm. Like uh, just the, all the things and stuff that came out of that from my, from my youth. Like that's the, that's the movie I can re- remember vividly. But then also, this is how I became a James Bond fan is TBS. Used to start, used to do like once, once we could afford like beyond channel 13, um, at home and, uh, we got TBS, which was mind blowing and they'd have weekends or weeks of bonds, like 21 weeks of, or 14 days of bond or 21 days of James Bond. And they showed James Bond movies all night. So I'd get, I got opened up to James Bond movies as a kid and I loved all the gimmicky and sleuthiness of it. So that is also very memorable because I would I would stay up late until two in the morning watching James Bond movies in like grade seven. Wanye, listen to me. I just looked up monkeys attack humans, <laughs> and I don't even want you to know the number of incidents popping off on camera where primates are attacking humans. And monkeys will fuck shit up too. This one guy is riding home to his business in India. July 11th, 2019, caught on camera, monkey gang attacks man. Ten monkeys, coordinated attack, guy on scooter. That's premeditated. When I was on PP, there was this massive, big, fuck-off baboon that would wander into the market all the time. Why? Yeah, man. Huge baboon. And he would just wander into the market, and he knew that everybody was going to get the fuck out of his way because people would just leave. And he would just rob fruit carts and just chill there until somebody had the balls to like swing a broom at him or something. But he was he was a monstrous dude and he was scary. I remember his teeth. His teeth were gnarly. Fuck monkeys, man. I like them, but they're scary. No, I don't want to interact with one. No. Yeah. No, I want to look at it from afar. Maybe on TV. So would your uh, answer, Wanya, be the original series of Planet of the Apes based on... <laughs> Your answer first, to- yeah. My first movie series that I really enjoyed as a child, guaranteed, was Ghostbusters. Ah, that really, ooh. that was good fun. Good, good, good fun. Call. My spoiler's memory. My first Oilers memory, looping back quickly, do it very succinctly. Legitimately, my first Oilers memory as a child is sitting on the floor in my parents' living room doing something amazing and then being like, look, Wayne Gretzky got traded from the Oilers to the Kings. And I looked at the TV and like squinted at it to pay attention for the first time ever. And remember Wayne Gretzky skating around in warm-up and everyone being sad and being like, huh. So that was my start. Mm. Interesting. These motherfucking monkeys, on the other hand, are about to get their start. They're going to start a war with the humans, a war they will not win. I kind of like their chances. They're agile. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, maybe uh, don't completely write off the monkeys yet. Don't give them that bulletin board material. And here's mm-hmm. where Google knows me better than I know myself. Searches related to monkey attacks humans. <laughs> Oberly chimp attack. I don't know what that means, but it's very close to Eberly, which is a key word analysis. And they think that I care about this Oberly monkey attack. And it's actually terrifying. Don't go look at it. <laughs> chimp yeah. attack student. Oy, 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 oy. So on Andrew Thursday's Oberly. episode, on Thursday's episode, Wanye will give us a detailed report on monkey attacks around the world. 
Either we got to get the monkeys to get the hornets to fuck off, or we got to train the hornets to attack the monkeys for us. We have to broker the deal. We're the humans. We just need to. We just need to hope. Exactly. And we just need to hope the monkeys and the hornets don't work together. Holy fuck! That could be the end. You'll be happy to have all those Roombas that are fit from Zumba. Mm-hmm. That's right. Deploy them. Deploy them. Yeah, exactly. Fuck. Well, this episode was absolutely wild. Um, we didn't get to like a lot of the questions I wanted to, but that's all good. Tim from mm. Germany. I want to tell Tim from Germany specifically. His question was very, very good, and we will try our best to get to it next Monday. It is written down. I will not forget it. Uh, there's a few other ones there that we got that were really good. So we appreciate the questions as always. Next week, we'll try to get to a few more. Guys, thanks for your time as always. Cheerio. Peace. That's going to do it. Episode 177 of the Real Life Podcast is over. Great job on making it through the entire hour of the Real Life Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.